welcome, 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 listeners. You are here. It's Fret Talk number 30. 30 episodes. Goddamn. You are here with your host, Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined by your co-host, Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And you are here with uh, with a um, a contributor who we've not heard from for a while, Mr. Paul Farrell. Say hi, Paul. Good evening, everybody. You've got an uh, astoundingly posh voice. I love it. <laughs> Nobody ever says that because I'm actually Scottish, so that never actually happens. It's, it's a very, very, very posh Scottish. Um, so, Paul. Lovely. We we haven't heard from you for a while. What's been up? Um, I have, I don't know, I've just not actually been around or there's been circumstances that means I can't join the podcast, so happy to be back. Uh, in terms of gear and gear-related news, I think last time I was on, I had just bought a second-hand Sterling Music Man, which, depending on where you go, the internet seems to be quite a hot topic. Indeed. Yeah, we had been put, well, as I said, before we started, I made it worse when I fiddled with the tremolo and the tension of the springs, and then I've only recently just put that back to where it was before, and now it's infinitely more playable than it was previously. Yeah, fiddling with the tremolo is a, is a dangerous game. <laughs> it's a mugs game. And I think in between then, just before Christmas, I got a Katana 50, so I think Andrew's uh, non-funded boss propaganda um, on the way to pick that up because I was looking to shift my Marshall DSL 40 because it was a bit overkill for the space that I have. Yeah. But now because I don't like the drive channel or any of the drives available on the Katana and I only have a big muff for, I say only have a big muff for fuzz. <laughs> um, I quite like the, uh, the overdrive. I, I just like lots of distortion. I like to be as obnoxious as possible. So I'm actually thinking of keeping the Marshall now and just uh, trying to find a balance between me and my neighbours. So, uh, <laughs> That's it, yeah. Get new neighbours, I think. Is the, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Leave the amp and then sod them right off. But um, no, that's pretty much it. Just been playing odds and sods before and after Christmas. So yeah, happy to be back on to chat some nonsense about guitars. Excellent. So, I mean, this is the first first time that we've heard anything slightly disparaging about the uh, the katana. So, that their uh, their propaganda hasn't got to you yet. No, I think it's like I say. I just like lots of distortion and kind of chuggy. Yeah. So again, I only I only play for me. I don't play in any kind of um, live or public setting. So, uh, but I'm I moved more away from. Slightly overdriven, crunchy blues tones, which are a bit too—they reveal too much of my bad playing. So uh, <laughs> I, I prefer to just saturate everything in as much distortion as possible. So uh, that's my uh, favourite, but it's still good, but not not my kind of ideal. Yeah, yeah, but that it, it still had that. It's still good. I, I want hmm. some. Uh, I want some some nasty words to be said about the the Vascatana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm still waiting. There's there's got to be someone out there who uh, who's got mean things to say about it, and will push it down in the playground and take its lunch money. Oh well, I'll say that the octave is crap, and the auto wah is also crap. But then they're never usually anyone's go-to effects. But no, I don't think anyone takes that as their staple, their sound. No, no. Yeah, I've just got I've I've got an, an octave into a into an auto wah. Oh, this is kind of not going to do. <laughs> I'll 
try and think of more as we go on. I'll just shout cool. it out randomly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, this is crapping as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy for that to happen. Um, so, uh, Mr. Matt Quine, um, you're going to tell us about how you blew up a, a, a PA speaker system <laughs> in your, uh, your most recent gig, aren't you? Um, I'm not because, surprisingly, we managed not to blow the speaker system up. Oh, we you actually managed sport. to we, we managed to run active tops with passive subs and get it to not explode. Um, we struggled to get the level with the the bins for a while. They weren't um, we weren't getting as much volume as we realised as we thought, and we realised that the power amp we've got is half the wattage of the subs, so we need to get a bigger power amp. But other than that, um, once we decided to just whack everything up full. Um, we got a decent sound out of it, and it worked. Nothing ever goes wrong when you just turn everything up full, does it? <laughs> well, nothing went wrong. We we had the power amp maxed out to its top, and because the subs are twice that, so the power amp was 600, and then we've got two subs, and each of those are 600, so they're expecting 1,200 feed across the two. So um, it didn't drive those at all, so it, everything seemed to work. The power amp didn't blow up. And we got noise out of it. And that. it was one of the weirdest gigs I've ever done in my life. And wh- why is that? Um, you were talking about your, your singer maybe not, not being able to do, do something. Yeah, so um, our singer didn't do the gig. And instead we got a guy um, who plays in another cover band over here that do about 70% of our set. Um gave him a call the night before and said, any chance you're free tomorrow night? And do you need to change any of these songs? Um, And he went, yeah, that's fine. Um, And we had seven songs to swap out with stuff that we haven't played in about three years at this point. But um, managed to throw in, like, I I got to play my favourite riff of all time, which is Gay Bar. Whiskey Um, in the Jar. I played that for the first time in about, no, Gay Bar. (laughs) Whiskey in the Gay Bar. Whiskey you've, in the gay bar. You've that, got to watch out having whiskey song. in the gay bar. I think it's a it's a dangerous game. Yeah, yeah, but we managed to get gay bar in the set, which I fucking love because it's just such a good riff. It's a wedding classic as well, isn't it? Gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally is. I mean, <laughs> it, it went down well. It should have been free bar, and then everyone would have lost their mind. <laughs> yeah, it would have been an expensive gig, that wouldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, you would have been the most popular, uh, most popular um, wedding band in the entire, entire of the UK, I think. Let alone the Alamo. Yeah. yeah, nobody ever plays that, do they? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that sounds uh, sounds like an eventful, <laughs> eventful gig. It's yeah, um, it went down there, though. Yeah, no, it sounds wicked. Um, isn't music great as well? I mean, the fact that you can just get. Some random, random guy who who knows half your set and just like, yeah, yeah, you can come along. Yeah, and it worked. It worked right. I mean, there was a couple of songs where he came in at the wrong time, um, which on songs like Ocean Colour Scenes, um, what's the one that's out of tune that we said last week? Uh, uh, Dave caught the train. Oh no, no you want to make a riverboat no, song? The, the riverboat song. That's it. Yeah. Um, he came in at the wrong time, which really confused everything. And then I put the solo in the wrong place, and nobody else noticed. But we got really confused, and mm, yeah, 
playing yeah. the same way when he fired bars, trying to work out. <laughs> yeah, we trying were. to figure out. Yeah, so it ended up just being like a, a super proggy version of uh, of uh, Riverboat Song. Yeah, it did. But other than that, um, everything went well. Yeah, no, it sounds good. Sounds like a, an eventful evening. Um, I'm going to apologise to the listeners right right up, up front here. Um, each and every one of us have a different flavour of cold this week. Um, I'm kind of at the arse end of the, uh, of, of the coughing stage. So you may hear me clearing my throat if I, if I uh, don't bother to edit out the, uh, the noises. Um, I think there's some, some coughing going on in the background. There's some runny noses as well. So please, please do be, um, do be quite kind on us because we're trying. Um, this is a uh, British podcast after all. You're going to get sniffles and coughs and things. You are, but we will soldier on regardless. Um, I suppose it's down to me to tell you what I've been up to this week, isn't it? Um, and Moog yep. is going to love me again. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to start off with that again. Um, I pulled out my uh, my Gibson Midtown this week, which um, is a bit of an oddball for those who don't know it. It's it's not one of Gibson's biggest uh, biggest selling guitars. It's kind of the best way I can describe it is it's a um, a midpoint between a three three five and a Les Paul um, in tone and in look because it's it's like a flat top. Three three five. That is, it's chambered rather than um, uh, a laminate front and back. Um, I didn't plug it in. I just played it unplugged. Um, but it made me realise how um, how mean we've been to Gibson the past year. Um, <laughs> it's a very very nice guitar and it's very well made and it just it makes me smile. It's just it kind of exudes a quality. Um, and yeah, it it makes it makes me realise why Gibson um, earned their earned their reputation, and why it would be so terrible if they went tits up, uh, which we'll probably see they in two thousand eight. No, uh, I mean we'll find out, but um, it, this is their defining year, isn't it? Um, so yeah, it I've, is. I suppose I was, I was playing that. It was it was beautiful. I do, however, need to change the strings. Um, they are somewhat somewhat nasty. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I played that, and I think I think I may have shared it on uh, on my social media. If I haven't already, I will do that asap. So before this uh, podcast goes out, you will see that that guitar again. Um, and there was something that spurred this on actually. Um, it was it was this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Our good friend Josh uh, Josh Wood, the man from America, um, he he gave us a little uh, finger wagging at our Gibson bashing. Um, um, one of my very good friends was listening to it, um, and it got the Gibson seed planted into his head. And for the past two weeks, he's been tagging me in in uh, sales posts of Gibson Les Pauls. Because he wants to buy one. Um, so both him and myself are going on a Les Paul hunt. Um, so we're going to try and find him a, a Les Paul that fits his exacting specifications. Um, what are his specifications? So he wants he wants a full fat Les Paul. He doesn't want any of these chambered um, sissy Les Pauls. 
okay, fair enough. No. You like mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he would. Uh, yeah. He would scoff at that. To be honest, um, I've heard some very, very nice things, and our good friend Josh has been sharing some uh, some footage of his uh, 2015 Les Paul. I think it is. That's chambered, and it sounds beautiful. Mm. Um, however, it's a it's a kind of uh, a machismo thing, I think. Um, so he wants the he wants the full fat because it's a proper Gibson. Uh, so he wants backache. Yeah, he wants backache. To be honest, mine is mine's like that as well. Uh, and I did exactly the same thing. I was a giant child about the whole situation as well. Just went. <laughs> it needs to be a full fat one. I want, I want a proper Les Paul. Um, I know. He's gonna love me for this. He's gonna absolutely love me. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that he wants that. He wants. Um, some form of um, PAF sounding bookers in there, but not burst bookers. Because um, mm. some of them come with the classic 57s, I think, and he, I think he was leaning towards them. Um, and definitely, 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 without any hesitation, no robot tuners. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean they've got got quite a bit of flack. Um, I've got a student who's got a uh, a 2015 Les Paul with uh, one of the robot tuner um, systems on yeah. it, and it's not bad. I I fully admit that it's uh, it works pretty well. Um, I'm I'm gonna go one better than that. I played one uh, between Christmas and New Year. And I think it was probably the best guitar I picked up last year, the Les Paul, Les Paul 2015 with the robot tuners. It was stonking guitar. Um, I was really impressed. It was a bit light, and the neck wasn't chunky enough, but it was. It sounded absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't can't fault it. I was really impressed. I was expecting to, you know, it to just feel a bit weird and. Sound a bit weird because it wasn't a pro- uh, like you say not a full fat Les Paul it's like because it's half a body, but it played really well and I yeah. really liked it. Uh, one thing I've got to say about this uh, this student's Les Paul as well, um, he obviously plays it quite often because he's uh, he's wore away the finish on the front of the the guitar because um, it, it's, it's a burst top yeah and I think it's somewhere near the bridge that he's got like he's, he's wore into the the paintwork. Almost like the uh, the Gary Moore Les Paul, where it's got the kind of by the strings, it's got like a pick mark where Gary Moore just punches through the strings rather than because <laughs> his his picking technique was not delicate, shall we say? That's uh, say, what does he play? God. Um, but yeah, this this student, he's um, he's he's relicked it like Gary Moore, and it's it looks it looks the business. Um, so kudos to that guy. Um, but yeah, so my uh, my good friend. Is on a Les Paul hunt, and we might have, we might have found one. We might have. Um, it will involve a <laughs> uh, a four hour round trip. Um, for for yeah, he's he's roped me into to get in this. The things I do for this podcast, eh? The things I do. <laughs> Just for content. That's the it. Yeah. Search for content. That's it. Yeah, I'm shameless. Um, so yeah, I, I've been on a Les Paul hunt this week, um, and 
just because I know Moog will he he will complain if I don't say it. So I've done some electronics this week as well. <laughs> um, I, I shared this with our little uh, little group that I've um, I managed to write the wrong of the the uh, the backwards capacitor, uh, and now it is completely wired. Um, I am yet to test it though. I need to wire up some jacks and some power to it um, to test it, but. Everything looks good, so I'm happy having the uh, the Schrodinger circuit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, o- it's only once I wire it up and realise something's not working that I have to start screaming at it. So I'm I'm quite. It's, it's like a it's like a Zen moment at the moment. Is um, it a peaceful week then? You yeah, wired it up. <laughs> yeah, I I'm at one with the circuit for now. I think. Uh, importance of screaming and being a technician and having things work if it doesn't make it work it's cathartic anyway if you just ball at something yeah oh, completely completely I th- I've, I've found that it, it kind of goes some way to, to making the circuits work because yeah, they never work first time um, so there you go Moog there, there is your uh, your weekly electronic update um, free of charge and this week, I haven't called you a bastard or whatever I called you last week, so you are completely <laughs> up. Um, so not only is this week going to be our, our, our coffee episode, it's going to be our Nam mopping up episode as well. Mopping up <laughs> what Nam has left behind. That sounds a bit grim, doesn't it, to be honest? <laughs> um, Actually, um, you on the plate. Yeah. Um, if you... If you saw the video on the Guitar Nerds group about the state of the toilets, I think mopping up at Nam is very much needed. It's, yeah, it's an apt, an apt metaphor. Yeah. Um, indeed. So, ugh, I don't think that bears thinking about it. But we're going to start off our, our Nam, um, Nam mopping up with something that has nothing to do with Nam. Gibson 2018 bases. <coughs> oh dear. But, but Gibson weren't at Nam. apparently i'm dying um i I, I, I found myself absolutely hilarious then apparently so uh i'm now struggling for breath i know this is a behind the scenes uh behind the scenes look at how my mind works uh so 2018 bases from gibson um there is a reason for me uh, bringing these up um but I, I saw something on it today. So um, they're, they're doing four bases. They're doing the Thunderbird. They're doing the SG. Uh, the new EB, which is kind of just, it looks like a base. Uh, and they're doing a four and a five string version, I believe. Yeah. <coughs> yep. That's better. Um, the reason I'm bringing these up, um, not only because... You're missing one. Am I? Go on, Matt. Prove me wrong. They've got an RD base as well. They have an RD2. Oh, do they? An RD? Mm-hmm. RD2? Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that someone from Star Wars? <laughs> um, I think he meant it as well, but... <laughs> okay. You just take the fun out of it, Matthew. Take the fun out of it. <laughs> um, so we've got, we've got apparently five bases. Uh, not four. Uh, and I, I, I am 
in in the camp that believes that the the SG base is probably one of the best looking bases ever to existed. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. I think it goes back to uh, Jack Bruce. He played one back in the Cream era, and yeah, it works for me. Um, the reason why I yep. wanted to bring this up though is because they've teamed up with the guys at Babix, who create possibly the best bridges ever. Um, I know it's quite a quite an accolade. Matt's looking surprised, um, but they. I've just never heard of them. Um, I I uh, came across them a couple of years ago when I was looking at a way to fix the wrongs of the Telecaster bridge. Um, and they do, basically the, the Babix system, their their saddles are adjustable in three different ways each. And they're, they're all fine-tuned adjustable rather than um, guesswork or um, like having to knock something into place that you, uh, that you have to do with certain bridge systems. They are just all fine-tuned, adjustable using an Allen key, um, and the common um, common complaints about Gibson bases are that the bridges suck a giant one. Um, so having the Babix full contact bridges means that they are probably going to be pretty pretty good bases. It's a chunky old bridge. I'm just looking at the SG one now. It's massive. Yeah, they that that is the drawback. They are very weighty, um, but mm. apparently more weight, more tone. So that's a that's a common oh, more contact with the body. Is it? I guess. Yeah, sure. That that no. sounds like tone science to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if if you're coming to this um, this podcast for well researched facts. You really don't know us, um, but yeah, I, I like the Babix bridges, and I think uh, the Gibson 2018 base collection um, is looking to be pretty cool. And the fact that they're doing a, yeah. a Thunderbird base in a bright red—it's like um, it's almost like the road flare red that Ibanez do. It's like almost like an orangey red, um, which is uh, it's it's so goddamn cool. Um, however, we're not called base talk. Bases don't have frets. So. <laughs> what they do. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew, stop it. Stop lying Frets to people. Bases don't have no frets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they, they could have no frets. Um, so yeah, we're not, a, we're not a base podcast. We don't even pretend to be. Um, but I, just as a, like a quick aside, I think these these things are pretty cool to for for Gibson. I think it's it's definitely a cool move for them. Um, without even realising, we're kind of we're being very positive about Gibson this week. I'm sure we can end that, can't we? Um, I'm sure there'll be something we can pick up on. Um, but anyway, let's let's move on. Um, we're going to talk about amplification. Um, which one do we want to talk about first? Go on, we'll go with the innuendo. We're going to get our one. cocks out. We're going to get the cocks out. <laughs> Matt, you're going to talk about you're going to talk all about the cocks, aren't you? Because you're you're a big fan of the cocks. Am I going to talk about cock? Yeah. 
I, I do like a bit of Erica. Um, to be honest with you, until that episode where we we laughed at this, like. 25 episodes ago at this point i've mm. never heard of greg cock but um he appears to be a guitarist of some type <laughs> yeah it, it, a very very competent one by what i've heard yeah exactly yeah um so as far as i can see he's got two new amps and a new cab and i'm not going to talk about the new cab because it's a 212 yeah it's, it's a cab it's a box with speakers in it yeah it's it's hardly exciting isn't it? yeah so i'll leave that one but the first one i've got um New for 2018 is this Greg Egg Cock signature combo. Yes, um, and it's a 50 watt tube amp. It's got six 12 AX sevens and two uh, two EL 84s for the power. Six, so six 12 AX sevens. Six 12 AX sevens in a preamp. <laughs> I'm guessing if you turn it up loud, it's quite drivey. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, and then you've got three uh, three channels and a foot switch to flick between the three. So you've got cr- clean overdrive and overdrive boost, which I'm guessing is just more clean crunch and lead. Yeah, yeah. And then there's separate drive volume and passive bass, middle, and treble controls for the clean channel and for the overdrive and the overdrive with boost. So yeah. you've got two separate EQs for okay. the clean and the, the drive. Um, you've also got um, a foot switchable tremolo, so, and it's got two types of tremolo: harmonic and normal. Okay, yeah. Har- I have no idea what the two different. Um, harmonic tremolo is. Oof, it's slightly like vibrato, but mm, not really. Um, it, it's it's <laughs> it's quite a. Um, it's becoming a, a bit of a flavour of the month recently. The harmonic tremolo. Um, they're they're popping up quite a lot. Um, a, vi- a video just on this amp beforehand, and it's kind of like it's kind of univibey. Um, yeah. So he was playing it on the clean, right? Okay. I don't know, and it sounded very kind of very vibey. And then he switched to the the normal one. Obviously, that was just kind of kind of a nice yeah. warm tremolo. But yeah, the, the first one definitely had a bit more a different characteristic. Right. Okay. It, was, am I right in thinking that this has got a? Um, a reverb as well that's got three controls. Yeah, and a, a yeah. spring tank and a three-control reverb as well. So yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I watched a little bit of the the uh, the video that the uh, the good good man cock was um, was touting the uh, the amplifier, and I, I tried I tried so hard to listen to the specifications of the amplifier that he was talking. But his his playing was just so so very good that I uh, I I fell into a, some kind of cockley trance. So <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't stop staring at, uh, at the cock, Mister Cock. <laughs> I mean, I actually was not aware of him until these mm. this year's Nam videos started coming out. Because yeah. I think the first thing I've seen him do was Reverend, yeah. And then I just he started playing. I was like, "Who the hell is this? And how is he able to do these things? <laughs> <laughs> is this what practice does? In practice, I just want instant <laughs> results. I don't want any of this practice bullshit." <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> but yeah, apparently, if you practice, you you get very very good. I don't know. It's, it must be something that he's eating or something in the water. Mm. Maybe I don't know. 
I think so. We'll uh, we'll see. Um, and just just before we uh, move on from this amp, um, you can urban tremolo, which way round the circuit goes. So you can go reverb into tremolo or tremolo into reverb, which is quite cool. It's not something that I've seen on a on mm. a valve amp before. No, no, not at all. Um, um, I believe that so, there is a correct way of doing it and an incorrect way. No. <laughs> I, I I would agree, but people like to do things wrong and make weird noises. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> there's a there's a reverb uh, reverb dig here somewhere, isn't there, Matt? <laughs> you can you can make it up yourself. To be honest, I've done it so many times. Just it, I'll just add a, like a, a time marker say, on this. I go insert insert reverb dig here. So I don't even need to repeat right. myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And the other the other thing I find a bit odd about this is it's a fifty watt amp, but it's two tens rather than two twelves. Mm. Isn't it is switchable as well? Doesn't it? Doesn't it switch down to twenty five as well? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But instead of calling it full power and half power, they've called it pentode and triode. Yeah, it's the way that the. Um, <laughs> the valves work isn't it but surely penth would be five and try would be three what what about the other two valves after the penth uh, it's it's um it's electronic nerd science that is uh i mean nerd okay. science that i'm i'm not going to get into right here for for the sake of <laughs> um our listeners and mainly because Society. i do not know uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's um, right. It's yeah, you got five five pins on a on a um, valve, so it's only using three for the triode mode. So I believe, anyway. Um, right. Okay. Who knows? Um, so that that was cock cock number one. There's a, there's another there's a smaller cock, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you don't need big cock in your life, mm-hmm. um, you can get a cock Jupiter Junior combo so the jupiter is one of the amps that was already in his range it was a jupiter 45 yeah um and he's just brought out a 20 watt version of it so it's 20 watts seven in the preamp and one 12 ax7 in the power amp i'm guessing he used up all the rest of his valves in the other amp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah six 12 ax7s is it's almost juvenile isn't it <laughs> yeah um so this one again has got three foot switchable channels but they've got different names so you've got cool hot and hot gain boost nice so i mean it's it's pretty standard what they're going to be um you've got passive bass middle and treble controls again for both channels so one for the uh, clean and one for the other you've got spring emulated reverb in this one so there's no Uh, spring tank on it it's going to be a a digital reverb i would guess yeah so it's going to be a a lower price model uh Rather than dwelling too long on these cock amps, do we know um, rough prices for these, or is it just because I, I didn't see anything? I haven't seen any prices at all. I've just seen what is on his website. Yeah, no, I went looking and I couldn't see, which means it's going to be un- unfriendly priced to the uh, the full fat cock. If I must say it, <laughs> yes, that one's not going to be very friendly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wonder if the uh, the it was the, going wrong. I was searching full fat cock on the internet, and all all manner of things were coming up. I mean, it, it begs one final question, doesn't it? That if the uh, if the the cock plays very well with the the big muff, 
Um, Jesus. Oh. But yeah, it's not the only amplifier that was um, that was touted at, at NAM, was it? So, Vox, the uh, purveyors of all things Voxy, um, they've gone all in with this new tube thing. We we talked about the potential um, a couple of weeks back. Matt, do you mind telling us about the MVX 150? Um, it's a 150 watt version of the little micro heads that we talked about at the time. So instead of being those little 50 watt heads, it's a lot bigger, a lot more controls. Um, you've got a full range of EQ rather than just having the, the, I think there's three little knobs on the, on the other one, but you've got full ranges of EQ now. Um, they're claiming 150 watts worth of power that's switchable, half a fifth a 30th and a 150th so that like yeah and, you can switch and all the way down and a mute to, as well isn't it yeah um i mean if you want to mute your amp you could also turn it off but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like a, um, and it's got an effects loop in it as well yeah which the um the mv50s did not have no um it's still quite and a small amp, that isn't it it's quite quite um quite compact it's from what I see, it, it fits on oh, yeah, a... still uh, a tiny head, but yeah. it's... 150. Yeah, so it's this is potentially gigable, um, usable, being your your gigging amp now, rather than just a, uh, a backup. Yeah, and they're claiming that you can do clean at volume. Now, I haven't heard them do clean at volume with it. I've heard mm. a little sample of the drive out of it, which... Sounds all right, but it's quite high gainy. It's not a very boxy sounding amp. <laughs> yeah, this was one of the, uh, the the sticking points for me. It says it goes from crystal cleans to high gain, and I'm thinking Vox aren't <laughs> known for their high gain. Yeah, how well yeah. did the um, what was it called the night train go down? <laughs> uh, as, as, as far as I hear, they they did do pretty well. Um, they're a bit of a, a hidden <laughs> gem, but. It's it hasn't changed people's opinions of Vox generally, has it? They're not known for their. No, and um, the night train was going for less than cost price by the time it was coming off the range, so that's oh. you all you need to know, really. Ugh. They were going for 150 quid those heads. Really? Oh, I need to see if I can pick one of those. Yeah. Because I, I heard that the cleans are pretty good. Up. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah uh, Josh Beaton had one. Um, he did. And said it was all right. And then he traded it for a Panama, and he hasn't regretted that since. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this range boasts a head, which I believe is um, small enough to fit on a 112 cab, um, a combo, yeah. and a cab as well. And the uh, combo and cab are loaded with Celestian Redbacks, which... I've not even heard of before. No, uh, me neither. That's a new one on me. So yeah, <laughs> so it's something new. Um, but yeah, um, is it like a broken greenback? Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, a very hot, <laughs> a very hot greenback. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean prices. It's looking a little bit silly. Um, so we're talking six four nine. I've just seen them. Yeah, six four nine for the head. Um, which, I mean, if the if they are the same kind of tech and the same kind of um, drawbacks that you got with the MV50s, they're one nine nine, 
Um, in fact, some of those are coming in less than that. So, if you bought three yeah. three MV50s, which are quite power wise, you're still still fifty pounds shorter than the uh, this MVX fifty one fifty head. Uh, so the combo is eight four nine, and the cab is three four nine. Um, That's hideously expensive. If I do yeah. say so. Um, I think that they are jumping in with both feet to this new tube technology. They are touting it as the next generation of tube technology, aren't they? Um, yeah, but I mean, in the in the eighties, they were touting rack unit as the only way you can get effects. And how did that go? It worked for a while. Um, I don't think you see many racks these days. But yeah. <laughs> Um, so you need to get out more if you're not seeing enough racks. <laughs> Booyah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what are our opinions on this uh, this Fox new tube valve not valve head? What are we saying, boys? I think that size says it all. I, just, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. Does this stuff? Does this stuff ever come off? Really, like the gimmicky? I mean, there's. I mean, there's only. I'm not very well versed in these things. As maybe as some of you guys are in terms of the breadth of knowledge and experience with different things. But I've had a valve amp and I've had non-valve amps in between. Maybe kind of a valve amp, but I imagine that it's just not going to sound the same. And it's, it'll hit on point, but I think it's maybe a bit too expensive to hit that point. Yeah, uh, I think they need some kind of introductory offers to get you hooked on the new tube technology. And then that's when they hit you with the expense. Um, Yeah. I think you, (laughs) you, you're probably right with that to be honest. Um, Is this going to be the, the, the next mini disc of the, of the guitar amplifier world? (laughs) It's a great idea. It might be the Betamax. Oh dear God. (laughs) Betamax quality was better than VHS though. So, you know. Yeah, the pawn back it, didn't um, so it never actually. took off. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh dear! So being the, the vast Betamax expert that I am, uh, that's it. Look, looking behind you, looking at your uh, your quality Betamax uh, collection, <laughs> managed to pick them up for a bargain because because uh, the market fell through. I'm just playing Devil's Devil's Acrobat on this one, but that's all. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Before we move on to, to new stuff, uh, I did mention the MV50s, and there are two new MV50s. There is a high-gain one, so again, hitting that high-gain Marshall, uh, high-gain Marshall, high-gain Vox classic tone. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's the Boutique, um, which I don't, I honestly don't know what it's, what it's doing. Um, I don't know. I mean, the article that I'm reading literally says in brackets, Dumble for the boutique. <laughs> That's subtle, <laughs> I suppose. Um, isn't it like... And the high gay one, apparently, is an M-style amp. Which M so are we talking? Um, are we talking Messer or are we talking Marshall? Uh, I'm guessing Messer because one of the older ones was a Marshall sound. Oh, yeah, the the rock. Um, yeah, that was the one. The rock. Yeah, yeah. For for our audience, there, I did throw up the uh, the rock horns there. <laughs> um, so I suppose, yeah. Um, Dumble amps were 
Um, like Dumble flavored amps were like the the flavor of two years ago, though. So um, I don't know if this is going to be all that popular. Um, One nine nine and no effects loop. Um, and so so I hear the uh, the the type of cab that you put with the the MV fifties vastly. Um, alters the 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 wattage that you uh, you get out of it so yeah don't you need a 412 to actually get 50 watts out of it oh, i don't know it's yeah it's it's something very silly um for 200 pounds i don't know um yeah anyway there's um there's a company which have um which have really surprised us recently um a company who um before we started this podcast uh, this this evening, uh, I was I was saying they they conjure up an image of uh, guitars with far too many strings that are all tuned down to <laughs> ridiculously low low tunings. Um, <laughs> that company is Schecter. Um, I think we we all know them. They're they're like the the older and uglier brother of Ibanez. Um, <laughs> but they've uh, they've really surprised us recently. Um, the the Schecter Spitfire is is one of their new range, um, and at first glance it looks a bit like a Reverend, so it's got that. It look. Um, it's, it almost looked like the the uh, the Reverend Billy Corgan, doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's got like a, a kind yeah, of split pick guard. Split. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it it's got some uh, some specs which uh, excited you, didn't it, Matt? You were definitely. Um, it does. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like Reverend and I don't know Gretsch thrown together. In that it's a rosewood <laughs> board, block inlays, filter trans, and yeah. a Bigsby. So if you on a Reverend style body, if you get the word Reverend shit. and you get the word Gretsch and you put them together, you get Wretch. <laughs> <laughs> which i think might be quite um quite apt here yeah but it doesn't make you do that it doesn't make you do i mean if you look at the black one with that horrible leopard print buddy pick card on it then maybe that might make you wretch but if you look at the purple one um the purple one is sexy uh, i i I'm would very, let anyone else say different i would very much play the uh the the leopard print one to be honest <laughs> I'm a man with no but it's scruples. Not 1980. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it's got it's got filter trans. It's got a big speed. It's it's very classic style, isn't it? It's. Yeah, I think yeah, tapping into that classic market with the filter trans, with the big speed, and with the 14 inch radius. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I I'm digging the 14 inch radius. I think the modern playability, but with the uh, with the kind of vintage accoutrements um it's it's something the oh. one thing i will say is they kind of ruined it with the strat style jack socket Should have... yeah no it doesn't work for me what strat, strat jack sockets really yeah okay not on the, they're all right on a strat but not on anything else i thought you were vehemently against stratocasters I'm not a, only the way that they look and it, sound and paint it pink and sparkly <laughs> and they're fine. 
So, yeah, if you take away everything that makes it a Stratocaster, then it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's completely... Oh, dear. Um, but, yeah. Um, back onto the original point. Schecter are doing things which are not disgusting. Uh, or It's not disgusting. Should I, should I just say not aimed at a, um, a non-metal market? Um, but they've also there was also another thing that I uh, I wanted to wanted to talk about from Schecter because I did a little bit of research um, and after wading through a sea of low tuned uh, super strats with varying active and um, passive high output pickups, I came across the Hellcat Six, which was. Um, it's almost like the the love child between a, a a jazz master and a stratocaster but with some bass six thrown in there um so it's a 30 inch scale uh length uh, and some rather thick strings um it's it's got a uh, it's got a, one of the the jazz style switch um plate things um it's got uh, a 12 inch radius so again not nice aiming classic. For, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Fender Fender used that before they went to the seven point two five, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, so it's um it's something that's kind of nipping at the heels of the uh the Fender and the Squire Base Sixes, which um is is pretty cool. I'm gonna offer an opinion that that is monumentally ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, you know, if it's you know, if that base six market is uh, heaving, that we we need more people in it. Yeah, um, it's got. I mean, the the hard the hardtail, the wraparound hardtail. That's nice. That's good, I guess. But um, oof, yeah, I might take a pass <laughs> on that one. It's, uh, don't let something like something so uh, so insignificant as looks uh, <laughs> put you off this instrument. Um, I imagine it will Sorry. be ultimately more playable than some of the basics um, efforts from Fender, because I've heard some uh, some stories that suggest that they aren't necessarily the most uh, most playable instruments out of the box. The squires are horrible. Oh, um, I've I've played a Squire Basics and whatever you do, don't breathe on the trem arm um, because <laughs> it might like fall to pieces. Um, it just makes some really weird noises, and yeah, everything is just kind of like a meter off the fretboard, oh. um, out of the box. Oh, I, mean, I know that's yeah. I know that's the way they came, like when they were first around. But why the hell would you have a tremolo on a? Like baritone guitar, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, because um, especially yeah. one of those style. I know, Jesus. Because you need to go. Like, you need to dive bomb on your baritone guitar. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why the hell not? I'm uh, I'm surprised they didn't go full full uh, Floyd Rose on on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep it coming. <laughs> well, have some car springs on the back to try and keep it in the right tension. Let's see, yeah, yeah, some shock absorbers. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be grand. That one. Um, so I thought it was a pretty cool thing, anyway. So apparently, no. Apparently, the Hellcat Six is uh, it, it needs to go back to hell. Um, uh, 
I mean, if you're into that, like, basics thing, then fair enough. But, I mean, it's not like they're a massively well-known instrument. If you're yeah. not a guitarist who follows the media, you probably don't even know they exist. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I just thought it was cool that another company, and Schecter nonetheless, uh, are having a pop at that um, that market. Uh, another thing, sorry, just before we move on, that I just noticed on the Schecter website is when I looked through the guitar, and um, there's a hell of a lot of models on there, but right at the very bottom, uh, they have Wild Audio, and... Oh, are they part of Schecter? A disgrace, and I don't care. <laughs> like, if you like Zach Wild, that's fair enough, but his guitars are rank, and... Um, um, I just I, it just brings back those um those videos of when I think Rob Chapman was sent one or if we're not supposed to name names but he was sent one and he was like yeah you know it's it's good it's got some good qualities and he was trying his very very hardest to say something nice about this thing he'd been given and it just looked like a fucking abomination so that's just been, so. um yeah yeah uh, it, it it actually makes sense that it's now now kind of tied in with the Schecter now you mention it. Uh, I I mean I I like Zach Wild, um, but then again I uh, I like uh, Ingve Malmsteen as well. Um, it, it's it's almost like a, a like a tongue in cheek, like an irony, the way that I like them. Um, <laughs> but there's there's no denying that uh, that Zach Wild can can play the instrument. He can, he, can do. he can play very well. Um, and his picking technique is, it, it makes me weep because I know that oh, I'm never going to get there. Um, but yeah, the the guitars are, are they're an acquired taste. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's Schecter. Um, and they've, they're kind of branching out and away from the the metal thing as much so maybe maybe keep looking out for Schecter and we might see some well new- just before we do fully move on they do a Gretsch hollow body Schecter <coughs> and it looks brilliant like, yeah. it looks like a Gretsch um, Schecter coupe so it's pretty coupe, much yes, yeah. a black version of of my uh, my Gretsch but far, far more uh, far more high end with the the price point and with 1100 an, quid but, with um, an 18 inch radius this time some... uh, I, I don't know because I'm not I'm not connected to the internet because um, my wifi is pretty crap and I'll disconnect from the call if I uh, if I click on the link so um, I don't know what the radius is but it looks cool it's a risk worth no, taking is... Matt it's a risk worth taking <laughs> um, I'll uh, jump on that grenade for Matt but it's a 12 inch radius and it does look there's a green one as well and it's new for 2018 and dark emerald green and it's very very nice indeed yeah they, they do another couple of um, hollow buddies as well the uh, Curion is it or something like that um, it's like a 335 star anyway um, we we urge you to go and have a look at Schecter and, and just try and I mean the, the the website's not great it requires you to kind of cycle through all of the the product models uh, to get to the ones that you want um, but there are some some real gems in there um, yeah. and I believe I've seen a couple in stores recently as well so I might next time I'm in one pick up a Schecter and see what the fuss is about um, on to our final 
final bit of news for this week. There is a certain brand of a man who was mentioned not so long ago. Um, Mr. Rob, Rob Chapman. Robert Chapman? Robert of Chapman? Good old Bertie. Yeah. <laughs> um, he He's the man. Um, he made his own instrument company some some like four years ago five years ago something like that maybe even more um they they were chinese made they then were korean made now he's um releasing the british standard so there are four in the range um this requires a little bit of prior knowledge to the uh, the chapman range but so we've got the ml1 which is a strat shaped thing um it's uh it's usually a hss setup it's an hh in the uh, the british standard i think they call it the the ml1 modern um then they've got the ml2 which is um very single cut inspired um is it an f single cup or a g single cut um uh, yes uh, g. yeah very um g. <laughs> yeah, very long play um, inspired. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ML3, which is um, inspired by country tones, right? Okay, um, which is your your <laughs> other single cut. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there is <laughs> there is the ghost fret, which is uh, inspired by the the letter Z. <laughs> Kind of right, okay, or like yeah. a lightning bolt. Yeah. If you were if you were to go to a, a foreign land, you might want to explore this uh, this shape. <laughs> it's very diplomatic. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there are there are four in the in the um, in the series of, of British standards. They are handmade in the UK in very. Um, very small orders they are um specced up to the hilt so stainless steel frets we're talking uh, roasted maple necks on some of them um uh boutique pickups so you get pickups of your own choice uh be them bare knuckle or seymour duncan or whatnot I believe I don't know I got two minutes into the uh, the product video and wanted to hit something so, <laughs> um, was it a certain person in the face really hard? <laughs> yeah, he he, he um, prattled on more than I do, and it was it was insufferable. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we soldier on. We shall. Um, the stainless steel frets and many modern accoutrements. Um, so it seems to be targeting a modern audience. Um, <laughs> The price point. What would you guys pay for one of these? What What do you think? What would be a fair price? Is it? I mean, if it's what would you pay, or what do you know they are charging? <laughs> well, if you um, if you already know the answer, then. Um, I mean, if it's British made and it's got some nice features, and you know, you probably put it in the sur price bracket of maybe like two, two and a half. Um. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that would be a fair. Fair assumption. Um, add a grant to that, sort of like, because yeah. it's got a, a certain person's name on it, and then you'll be uh, 
you'll be in the right price bracket then. So we're talking a, a so three so and a half is, if, is if, what if I think. We're, not one and a half because it's got his name on it. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't take a dip. No. Um, so oh. three and a half grand for um, so a, a Strat style, a, a LP style, a Tele style, or a, an Explorer style. Um, with granted, we're talking. We're talking like uh, I think hip shot tuner, uh, hip shot, hip shot bridges. Um, uh, I assume the tuners are going to be something decent as well. Um, uprated nuts, who were misses, um, <laughs> and stainless steel frets. Glow the dark dots. Don't forget the glow in the dark dots. Oh yes, yeah. The uh, the the vastly <laughs> important. Uh, this is made for speed and and uh, mm. professional quality. I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever been playing a gig where I've thought. <laughs> Where am I on this? Pitch yeah. darkness. Yeah, yeah. But even if I was playing in pitch, pitch black, um, on a pitch black stage, I don't think I'd ever look down and go, oh, where am I on this fretboard? Oh, if only I had some glow-in-the-dark dots to to guide the way. So, so I mean, I, again, I'm not a professional or semi-professional um, guitar player. But then this seems to be, this, this, this kind of two... Industries, I think, were like custom-made, like handmade guitars and things. And you've got things that are more pointed towards progressive, technical, metally. Um, and you've got things that are traditional, but with, you know, with some modern features on it, yes. like you said, sewer and all so, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I've not seen any of either of these things top out at these kind of prices I mean sorry not top out but just in general you know just for a, a like a, stat, a strat style double humbucker sewer with you know a nice neck and you know whatever um, and that'll be like like you say between two two and a half and I just I know it's made in the UK I know the very limited quantities and all this kind of stuff but then to have a like a, a dragon fade flame top and somebody's name on the headstock and whatever and yeah. it'd be like a grand more it just feels like a big reach and it feels a bit like a big reach for a, a company that's less than 10 years old and yeah, I don't know if it's, it's, I don't know if it's just perception or what is achievable um, for that particular brand because I mean it will have been it seems to have been popular and I guess it has been popular the fact that they refreshed the range last year and that probably made it more popular because there was much more choice available yeah, yeah. but it just feels like a big a big old leap yeah in the life cycle of a company to for people to take those risks to spend that amount of money when there is other stuff available for less money but far more established and I guess that might change across time you know maybe another 10 years we've all been proven wrong and they have been worth it and you know that's that's their you know their signature their bread and butter then are these handmade instruments but at this point in time it just feels a bit early um yeah uh i think at every given point i've been feeling that uh, i felt their jump to kind of a grand plus for their korean stuff uh. was pushing um pushing the boundaries and I was proven wrong with that one because people have been buying them. Mm -hmm. um, and now this, it, it makes no sense. I think there's a, a huge backlash on the internet 
it's not just not just us. It's it's kind of resounding across the whole of the guitar community uh, online that um, these are well out of the price range of most people, and the it's it's not a wise um, financial decision. If you buy a, a a high end Gibson, you buy it knowing full well that like a good at least 60-70% of that money could be instantly returned if you you weren't gelling with that instrument. Same with a Sir, mm. same with a Fender Custom Shop, uh, same with a lot of these big brands. I mean, I've seen stuff from like even uh, like Strandberg uh, and mm. those modern kind of uh, headless instruments. I've seen those... Um, mayonnaise as well they they're like people buying them and turning them around and the the prices aren't dipping whereas no, I've, I've seen I <laughs> um, I've seen um oh what's the company uh sorry Chapman Chapman that's the one yeah uh, I've just been talking about it for the past 5 minutes uh, I've seen Chapman um instruments um, that have been less than six months old, going for like two, three hundred pounds on the used market because they don't have that resale. There's just it's just not there, um, and a lot of people are saying, yeah, it's it's all good and well if you're buying a seven, eight hundred pounds Chapman and and losing a bit on that. If you're then buying a three and a half grand Chapman. Um, the the losses on it if you don't gel with it are phenomenal. Then, I mean, I guess they know something that we don't because you're somebody who some kid who watches YouTube probably yeah. isn't saving up. I say kid or some early twenties, whatever, isn't saving yeah. up all the money to buy one three and a half grand guitar. Yeah, person who's going to be buying this kind of stuff. But again, it just it just feels a little bit of a stretch. In terms of, but I guess you know the rest of the stuff they're doing, the new range and how well it's been received is probably funding this endeavor. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah, it just feels a bit like an ego project in some respects, as opposed to anything yeah. else. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was I was just going to say it. It feels like he thinks he's slash, and by throwing his name on the headstock of something that's <laughs> built not in. Um, not in the Far East, he can say, right, it's got my name on it and it's a, a built-in-the-West instrument, therefore it needs to be stupidly priced mm. because it's got my name on the headstock. And don't get me wrong, I don't like the guy and there's a lot of people that, that will, so I'll, I'll say it up front. I'm not a fan of him. I've never liked any of his videos. He comes across as quite arrogant and quite, um, I don't know how to say up his own arse, without saying off his own arse, but um, he comes across that kind of way, and it just, the way that this is, it all screams, I want people who've got brown noses to come and big me up, um, mm. rather than actually look at the instruments. The instruments themselves don't look like value for money, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're going to get any argument uh, to the contrary with that. Um, I think it is probably worth leaving it there before we start getting um, 
a little bit too derogatory here. Um, so as a final wrap up for that, um, I don't think I see the market for it. I, I, I can't, I can't see a future for it, but that, I mean, I've been proven wrong, um, about each and every step of their, um, their progression through this. So I don't know. Um, we'll see where it goes and good luck to the man. Um, Mm. well, not just him. It's also, um, you've got the, uh, the guy, guy Anderton's who's got a, got a hand in that as well. Um, and he, 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 um, no, uh, the, 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 the chap, the chaptain. Uh, uh, right, okay. Um, so let's see where it goes. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Good, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Um, so yeah, I think if he keep, keeps it to low numbers, I think they'll be fine because there's going to be a few people out there that are that into his YouTube channel that do have a bit of disposable income. It's just whether there is enough to sustain that long term. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't think it's getting a, a, a resounding positive from from any of us, though. <laughs> uh, I think that's that's safe to say. Um, anyway, we we have been a fret talk podcast. We have mopped up the uh, the the dregs of Nam, and I promise you, next week we're not going to be talking about Nam. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you'd like to catch me on on to interwebs, you go on facebook.com, you go slash project paddle job. If you want to go and find some pictures, what I do, you go on instagram.com slash budget pedal job. If you want to see moving pictures with voice and guitar stuff, you need to go to YouTube and I will leave a link in the description uh, of this podcast. I don't know the alphanumeric code. And it's not slash budget pedal chat just yet. Um, if you want to find Matt, you go uh, switch IOM. So it's facebook.com slash switch IOM. If you want to find our, our good friend Paul, it is uh, vitamin P at uh, Instagram, is it? Instagram and Twitter. If you want to see pictures of the guitars and cats, get onto Instagram. <laughs> Look for vitamin P. That is a, that's a winning combination right there. <laughs> Guitars and cats. Uh, someone should start a, start a, uh, an Instagram about that. Cats and maybe there amps. Is, there is a, a successful cats uh, cats on amps account which I do follow fervently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe so do I. Um, shamefully, I don't think I want to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, if if you want to catch up with any of us guys, you go uh, into the Facebook group, which is Facebook groups. Uh, you search Fret Talk Podcast. You'll be able to get in contact with any of us. We we hang out there. We post pictures and videos and and all general manner of news stuff. If you want to get your um, your questions or your topics onto the uh, the podcast, that is the best place to do it. Um, Generally, if you're uh, if you're subscribed to us, I'd really like you to go onto onto iTunes and give us a five star review. It will help us gather some popularity and will make this podcast an even better one. Um, so 
I think that is that is us for this week. From your host, it is me, the budget pedal chap, Mister Budget Pedal Chap. From uh, from your co-host, Mister Matt Quine, he's he's almost like a part of the furniture now, almost so. <laughs> uh, and from uh, your your co co-host, Mister Paul Varel, this will be a good night and goodbye from us. Toodle pip. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Oh, oh.